Hi, this is Bita. This is also Bita. We're from the Modern Persian Food Podcast, and you're listening to Eat Block Talk with Megan. I'd love to take a moment to tell you about Clarity. Clarity is a powerful tool that allows you to organize, optimize, and update your blog content for maximum growth. Clarity gives you unparalleled insights into the ways that your content can be stronger and more valuable for your readers. Not only does it help you optimize your extensive library of blog content so you can increase your traffic, SEO ranking and revenue, it also allows you to validate your updates with a direct integration to Google Analytics. Some bloggers are tracking this information manually with multiple spreadsheets and countless hours spent uncovering the data they need in Google Analytics. Clarity automatically syncs all of your data for you, saving you hours upon hours of admin tasks. All of your post information appears in Clarity. Everything is done directly from your Clarity dashboard, and you can be confident in the fact that you're getting the most up-to-date insights to the health of your content. If you are interested in learning more and potentially becoming an early adopter of Clarity, you can go to clarity.com forward slash eblogtalk to sign up for the waiting list and receive 50% off your first month. Go to clarity.com forward slash eblogtalk or check out the resources page on eblogtalk.com forward slash resources to learn more. Hello, food bloggers. Welcome to eblogtalk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 356. I have two awesome ladies with me today, Bita and Bita. And they are going to talk to us about leveraging your blog for new opportunities. Podcast co-hosts and food bloggers, Bita Arabian and Bita Nazem Kelly, team up to share their unique approach to cooking and eating Persian food and how to incorporate the rich flavors and fresh ingredients into today's modern lifestyles. Both Bita and Bita started creating content with their individual recipe sites, then banded together in the fall of 2020 to launch the Modern Persian Food Podcast. A few of their milestones include broadcasting over 100 weekly podcasts consistently, making it to the Spruce Eats list of 11 podcasts you should be listening to, that's amazing, you guys. Making it to popsugar.food. Is that right? Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. And 10 cooking podcasts for chefs of any level list and ranking number two on that. Wow. That is so incredible. I love it. And I love that you guys are here with me. And I love that you're both named Beta. So I am going to ask you about that in a minute. But first, we want to hear if you guys have fun facts to share. Awesome. I actually have a fun fact about my name. So my fun fact, I'm Bita Arabian, and I don't have a middle name. I don't have a real middle name. So I don't know if you do Bita or if it's, I think, I think in fact that as a culture, you don't always have a middle name. It's like a first name and, and then your name or your married name, if you change it. So I grew up in the Midwest and I, as a young girl, I want to say I was like late elementary school or maybe early middle school, monogram sweaters were in style. (laughs) And that was with the three letters. And I felt really left out and I I made up a middle name for myself. So what was your made up middle name? Sue. Nice. You went just plain Jane. Lisa Sue. I think I probably thought the S looked really pretty, but then my brother and his best friend decided to just call me Vita Sue. And he named his sailboat. He had a tiny little sailboat on Lake Lansing in Michigan. And he named his sailboat the Vita Sue. Oh, that's (laughs) That's so so cool. I love that. Okay. More about your name in a second here, but Vita, what is your fun fact? Hi, everybody. This is Bita Nazem Kelly. And my fun fact is that anytime I go to a restaurant and they have chicken wings on the menu, that I definitely have to order them. I'm a little (laughs) obsessed with chicken wings. So if it's on the menu, I always get it. So that's my little fun fact if you ever go out with me. So who has had the best chicken wings? Whose are your favorite? Man, you know, I've been... You know, I love chicken wings. I love making them at home too. So these days, my favorite chicken wing, honestly, is the one that I make at home and I bake them at a high heat and then douse them with Frank's red hot sauce, Mm, um, which I love. But there's a place here, Kizar Pub in San Francisco, that they have like really delicious, perfectly fried wings with like the hot sauce. And of course, you know, if you're going to go original Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York, they have like some delicious wings. So that's a classic. But really these days, honestly, I love making them at home. 
home. And I've been experimenting with dousing them with pomegranate molasses and adding some pistachios on top for a little Persian flair too. Yeah, we talk about them in one of the episodes. There's a Persian dish that has chicken, pomegranate molasses, walnuts, all ground up. And so we came up with, it was your inspiration, Bita June, to make the Fest in June chicken wings as an appetizer. Oh, you guys are making me hungry. (laughs) Didn't you say that was your nickname? The chicken wing was your nickname? (laughs) It was. It goes down back to my uh, single days roaming Polk Street. And there was a little like pizza joint that also sold wings. And I would go there like a few times a week. And the guys didn't know my name, but they just called me chicken wing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Okay. That's when you know you are a true chicken wing fan when that becomes your nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's my fun fact. I got to get you a t-shirt or something. Yes, you need a t-shirt, the chicken wing. (laughs) Okay, so I can't not recognize that you both are named Bita and they're spelled slightly differently. And this is how you guys came together. So how did you meet and what is this connection with your names? Great question. So yeah, we found each other on social media. We had never met in person and we messaged. I think I maybe messaged you first and I just... I couldn't believe it. First of all, growing up in the Midwest, I think that I had only heard of maybe one or two other betas ever. I thought it was the, you know, the strangest, most different name. There wasn't a huge Iranian community at that time in the part of Michigan where I grew up. I also lived in small towns in Indiana and so forth. Now that we are in California, it's a different story, but I remember when I first found Bita June on Instagram and I found out that she was a food blogger and she had a common passion for Persian food. I just knew I had to, I had to reach out. Yeah. So you reached out and then like, did you strike up an instant connection or how did it evolve? Yeah. So Bita reached out to me and sometimes we'll refer to each other as Bita June, which is actually just like a Persian nicety kind of that when we talk, we include June as the name. So calling her Bita Deer essentially is what that translates to. But yeah, Bita June reached out to me and then we started following each other and we followed each other for definitely a few months, uh, would comment on each other's posts and pictures and have like little conversations. But it was a few months later that Bita actually came to me with the idea of having a podcast together. And what I had seen from her page and from our conversations was that we were totally on the same page with like wanting to simplify Persian food and to really like incorporate Persian flavors into like our lives and to share that with others. So Bitaju came to me with the idea of having a podcast and, you know, it was really at the very early stages of the pandemic when um, our conversations about the podcast started. So the timing was not like the best timing. It's not like I had a lot of like free time at that time because I have two small kids and we were doing Zoom online school and it was just like a lot happening with all the playgrounds closed and the world pretty much collapsing, but it was just such a good idea that like, I couldn't say no. And we started, we started off and we started doing our research. And and as we kind of spent more time getting to know each other, we kind of like fine tuned, like what our like commonalities were. And that's when we kind of came up with the concept of modern Persian food, because it was, we're taking these ancient and really beautiful classic recipes and being able to adapt them into our like modern lifestyles and what like a modern family looks like today. So that's kind of like where we were able to like pull together kind of like our real philosophies and bring them together and and then start building a podcast around that. Yeah, we just recorded our hundredth episode last week. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. It was like a party. It was so much fun. And we went back and we, you know, remember different special guests that we had and moments and we reflected all the way back to the very first one where I think I said like what my real passion and mission is to have Persian food be something that people will incorporate into their weekly routines. It won't be so foreign. And what is this strange spicy food? It's really not that it can be easy. You can grab the ingredients and you can make it. Tadig is a crispy bottom of the pot delicacy that is like, it's basically a fried carb, but it's so delicious and it's iconic to our food. So, you know, instead of taco Tuesday, maybe you have a tadig Tuesday. So that is like really what I'm so super excited about is to start 
you know, having people feel like they can make it mm-hmm. at home, seeing pop-ups and restaurants and Persian food trucks and Tadig trucks is so exciting. And I think that is what drew us together. Now, okay, how do I differentiate between you guys? Do I do you want me to call you like I wanted to ask you what you chicken wing, chicken <laughs> wing and and B to Sue. That works. Oh my god. I'll go by anything. B to Sue, I'll call okay, you yes, that. Yes. Now your blog, which is Oven Hug. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, did you write and post about Persian food before you started the podcast? Great question. My blogging journey has been sort of long and twisty, curvy. I had one that was like DIY home stuff many years ago. Fun kitsch, don't even go there. And it has always been sort of like what I'm doing with my job. I was a, I was an art teacher. I was a school teacher. I so I wanted to share those projects and you know and then I found my way into nutrition and I was a health coach so then I was sharing my recipes so my site oven hug started out as being a much broader healthy food recipe site and then I rebranded and through that rebranding process it, honestly it was like soul searching I had to like really dig deep and find out what's special and unique because I think that you know, we all have something that sets us apart. If you think hard enough about it, there's something that makes you uniquely you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, side note, the meaning of the name Beta is unique. <laughs> so yeah, so it's been this whole like coming of self for me, which wow. is really deep. But yeah, so I've been niching down and cleaning up the site and what started out to be just a little itty bit Persian food has become more and more. And then it was like 50% and now it's more than 50%. And so, yeah, it's, it's mostly Persian food and oftentimes healthy. So really the moral of the story is that you two were meant to be friends exactly. and partners. I feel that, oh my gosh, I had goosebumps when you said that oh. about Bita meaning unique. That is that's so cool. I why am I getting teary? <laughs> like, oh, oh my god, yay! I just <laughs> I know it's I been like that. that. It's been that way since our hundredth episode, and then it has been that way. And we've had the opportunity to since our first connections meet in person a number of oh. times. Bita June Chicken Wing is up in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and Bita Sue, I am in the Bay Area part-time and in Southern California here in Orange County, the other part. So we'll get to that, but we've had some opportunities to actually spend like a whole 24 hours together working on something related to Persian food. So it's been a really amazing journey. That is the coolest story ever. Okay. And that trumps every other story I feel like on this podcast. Okay. Well, so that kind of laid the groundwork for our conversation because we're going to talk a little bit about how to leverage your blog to create new opportunities. And you guys have used podcasting as a way to do that. And there are obviously other ways. There's video. There's like, I mean, it's an endless world of opportunities out there. So how did you guys decide on... I can't remember which of you approached the other. Bita Sue, you approached Chicken Wing about... (laughs) Or just um, regular Bita versus Bita Sue. Bita, okay. (laughs) (laughs) about the podcast opportunity. What made you decide on that in the first place? I think I was listening. I was listening to a lot of podcasts, including yours and many others. And I tend to listen to podcasts that are related to the business that I'm in and to try to improve myself. And it just seemed like an untapped territory, a really great way to reach more people and being, you know, a subject that is international, you know, how cool to be able to really reach more people in this audio way. I was just really excited about it. And to be totally honest, I have definitely gone through blogging burnout, you know, where Mm -hmm. I just needed to step away from the kitchen a little bit and have some connection. And, and this is really connected me not only, you know, with Beta, but with a greater community. But yeah, I think I just approached it to Beta. And at the time, I was, Beta June, she told you she has such young kids, mine are in college, but, you know, and she's like, what's the time commitment? I was like, oh, you know, we'll just do a half hour podcast. So like, you know, a half hour a week. And it's just the reality of it is it's so, so much more than that. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, I mean, on the surface, yeah, that's all you put out into the world a week, but a lot goes in (laughs) to lay the groundwork for that, right? As you well know. And I can chime in from my perspective as well. So my food blog, Beats Eats, I've had it for a number of years. And it's just a way for me to really kind of be able to share some of those Persian recipes and kind of some simplified versions in that of those. So how I look at it as like an extension, the podcast is really an extension of me being able to share these flavors with a broader audience. So I have my blog, but then the podcast is really kind of that means where we can get like a broader reach and have, you know, people be able to access the content in in a way that works for them. You know, some people like don't have time to like go to individual websites and to like, you know, just learn about different recipes or different um, traditions or cultural things. So we have this kind of like as a podcast, it's like, you know, reaching a, a whole different group of people who may not come to the website to learn that information. I'm curious how that has gone. So I think I mentioned before we were recording that, or maybe I didn't, I, I have had a lot of interviews today. I'm sorry. <laughs> maybe I mentioned this, or maybe I didn't. but I was talking earlier about just like creating a group of foodie creators who are launching into podcasts because I think it is so valuable. And I think mm-hmm. people like you to understand that value. There's like immense value in sharing your voice with your people and then creating new audience, finding a new audience even. Yeah. So I'm curious how that has gone for you because a lot of the people in my group are very early on in their journey. Like I'm talking two, three months in and they're like, where's the traction? Where's the people? And so I just want to share like what you guys have found so far. I think it's going so well. I think we're doing really, really well for in terms of being still a somewhat new podcast. We've been broadcasting for two years. We've got 100 episodes recorded. And success to me is when we get the email from the person that has made the recipes that has been inspired. And it's not so much, and I think Bita, June, and I are on the same page, is that our goals are not necessarily you know, to boost our websites because we put both our recipes in our show notes. We put both our Mm -hmm. sites. So, you know, we're two different people with different sites and maybe they don't even use either one of our recipes. Maybe they are following something on that they found on their own on YouTube or they, our conversation got them to talk to their aunt that they hadn't talked to in six years. And now they're, yeah. And now they're all excited and connecting with their culture. And so I I think we're doing like a little bit of a different thing because, so we do talk about recipes. Sometimes we walk people through specific recipes. Then we do something else. Sometimes we'll do cultural spotlights where we're talking about a cool seasonally related holiday that has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with religion. You know, that's just a positive something to incorporate into your life. So we have cultural spotlight episodes and then we have experts, special guests. So there's all sorts of things that we're bringing in super, super specific to our very, very niche, niche audience. And we're the only Persian food podcast doing this. So so that is... That is interesting what you just said. You're the only podcast focusing on that super niche niche. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much opportunity with food bloggers because of that, because there are not many foodie podcasts right now, aside from like the big names. So if you have even a mildly niche blog, you can go into podcasting owning the niche. Yes. So we were floored on that pop sugar, not food article. Like how did we get ahead of Bobby Flay and Sami Nosrat is a super famous Persian chef. Like there's, there's, it's because I think, because if you get in now, it is really untapped, especially if you have a niche. Oh my gosh. I, I so agree with that. I can, I can see parallels between now and when blogging was getting started? Like, do you remember back in the day when your people were like, what is a food blog? What? Mm-hmm. I have no idea what that is. And now it's like the same thing with podcasting. Food bloggers are going, why would I get into that? There's no money to be made. You know, there, am I really going to connect with an audience? So I feel like just a kind of a gut feeling, like, now is the time to get mm-hmm. into this. Mm-hmm. And you guys did it. Good for you. So I would love to hear, Bita, I would love to hear your perspective on how you feel like things have gone. How do you measure success with it? And anything else you want to share? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's important to note that the metrics are a little bit different from like downloads versus like how, when people come to your website and if they click on an ad or how many page views that you have. So I think like going in, I think it should be, you should set expectations with yourself that you're not going to necessarily be. And if you're used to getting a lot of traction on your website, that you you may not get that traction immediately on the podcast. But I think that the consistency and like, you know, we, we, we have a new episode every Wednesday. So just having our listeners come to expect that as there's going to be a new episode every week and to bring that information to them. So, yeah. So, I mean, like the way that we are measuring like success, you know, it kind of, it really depends, you know, one way to measure success is like what Bita Su was saying about, you know, like one way that we can gauge our success is by our listener feedback. And when they give us letters or send us notes and telling us how we have inspired them or inspired them, you know, learning more or creating recipes or connecting with their culture, I think is a really, is like one of the main ways that we're gauging success. We're getting to, you know, 100 100 episodes. That's a huge success for us because it does show our consistency and our commitment to be able to to do it. You know, it is definitely a lot. You know, as you do it, you get better at it. So that's something that's very helpful. But then as you get better at it, you realize that there's so so much more that you could be doing too. So it's kind of, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to grow. But yeah, also from like, from numbers standpoint, you know, looking at the different platforms and we like serve ours through, we use a program called Libsyn to distribute the podcast. And so looking at our numbers and checking out our downloads and just kind of like seeing, you know, it's really interesting to deep dive into that sometimes is to be like, oh, wait, I could tell we kind of maybe got like a new listener because you'll see that there's like people binge listening to it. You can say, okay, someone in this one city or whatever has like listened to like all these episodes in a row, you know, so just kind of just really spreading the word. And we're at a point where you think, okay, a hundred episodes, like you guys, like, our seasoned veterans, like, you know what you should be doing at this point. And I think that it's ultimately just like, we're still learning and still growing and we're hoping to push it to the next level of getting enough people listening that we can attract sponsors in the future and try to let that also be a way of, of getting more exposure. You know, like, you know, the blogs leading to the podcast, the podcast leading to maybe special events and just making new connections and who knows where eventually where we'll go and what we'll end up doing, but just kind of being open about it. And, you know, seeing the numbers and trying to set goals and seeing like, okay, well, how can I make our, like the, our first day of downloads, the first day the episode comes out, what can we do to make that stronger? And how can we like maybe call back to previous episodes to get those numbers to come up and just kind of like building on the relationship with our listeners. And, you know, when they listen to a bunch of episodes, you know, that's really awesome. Like the it just is, that's a metric for us too, that like they wanted to listen to more than just one episode or, you know, that they every week are looking forward to it. So I think success is really how you want to define it. And, you know, we're, we're, we're learning and, and adjusting that with every episode. It's much like blogging, right? Like we don't ever quite know how to define success and we look to others and then we see others defining success through metrics and numbers and statistics. So then we feel like we have to do that. So it's kind of, I feel like it's the same thing where we have to Mm -hmm. find our own way to measure it. I love that you're talking about like people binge listening. That is huge. That has to make you feel so good. And like, this is all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And then people, yeah. you know, like, you know, when, when, when we're out and we're talking about it and people are like super interested because as Bita said, there, there isn't another Persian food podcast, first of all. And second of all, Persian cuisine and Persian culture is something that not a ton of people know about. So this is kind of like a, an easy way, a non-intimidating way to kind of like learn a little bit more about a different culture without like needing to actually do too much. You just got to like put your earbuds in and pit play and you can, yeah. you know, spend 15, 20 minutes. Our episodes are not super long. So it's easy to kind of snack, snack on the content to just kind of like learn a little bit. And then you can kind of say, oh, okay, that's an interesting perspective or, oh, I never knew that. Or, oh, that maybe that'll inspire me to go to the Persian restaurant I keep driving by that I haven't had a chance to check out. Or I know my, this person I know is Persian and maybe, and, you know, I can have some commonality and common conversation with them or, you know, just learning about the world and, and um, all the delicious food it has to offer. Yeah, somewhat of an underrepresented culture. I think I get the most fired. I mean, I love all of the feedback 
that we get, but especially, especially amazing to me is when we get someone that has, I always ask like, oh, you know, do you have Iranian heritage? Are you married to someone or do you know someone? And there's one in particular who has been making, I think he's made four or five, no connection, never been there 30 years ago or something like that. And just interested in history and has just found us and listens and is cooking the food. It's incredible. Let's take a quick break, food bloggers, to chat about my favorite keyword research tool that I am finding so much success with. Rank IQ is a custom keyword library packed with low competition keywords that are easy to rank for and that also have high search volume. With the ups and downs and uncertainty that comes along with core updates, algorithm changes, and seasonal lulls, it is so beneficial to find a way to get that steady traffic that will continue to grow over time. Here are a few of my favorite things about Rank IQ. The keyword research tool provides many great ideas for content that support my existing database of recipes. It saves me so much time. I can typically get a new post kicked out in two hours or less. I don't ever have to guess about how successful a keyword will be before spending hours writing a post on the topic. And I know exactly how fast something will rank based on the competition score and the time to rank score. Go to rankiq.com to sign up and see for yourself how awesome it is. Get ready to get obsessed like I am. Now back to the episode. That's a huge testament to what you guys are doing, right? I mean, no one, he has no connection whatsoever. And he's just like, love what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. And then, and then, like conversely, or like a, dif- a different way to look at that too, is we are finding that our audience is really like in the kind of in an age range where they're maybe like finding their identity a little bit more and connecting to culture in a way that maybe like growing up it was a little bit harder. You know, the world and politics can influence us as we're going get as we grow up. So sometimes it's hard to be confident in like your heritage. So I feel like maybe what we're saying is resonating with our audience because we're kind of getting some getting people who are looking for that connection who maybe haven't are getting to a point in their lives where like, okay, well, I think it's okay to to like who I am, you know, to, to like where I'm from or have pride in your family and heritage and culture. And a lot of people that you don't know, or let's go older, like tradition, or, you know, we talk about like holidays and traditions and things like that too. And kind of like our modern, modern twists on like how we celebrate that and how we do it. And I think that, that, that really helps people to be like, okay, I don't have to be this a hundred percent committed person in my culture to be able to celebrate like the new year or like, you know, the, the winter solstice or like, you know, the different holidays and seasonal things that we do or respect and things like that. So, so we're just trying to connect with people and, and say, it's okay to be who you are, but, and also along the way, just like sharing just so many things about like the food and things like that, that are just so unique and very different for a lot of people who haven't been exposed to kind of like all those fresh herbs and, and the, Mm. and the different flavors and the, the cooking techniques kind of in some cases. So that's that, what that's probably hoping. the majority of our listeners, as you described, connecting mm-hmm. with your culture through food. I mean, and that resonates with people. I can tell you that I don't even really speak Farsi. I was born there, but I, you know, I can mostly understand if you speak mm-hmm. slowly, but I can't really speak. And so now living in a community when where there it's it's a pretty big Iranian community in the parts of California where I am, it's almost like also not feeling like you fit in because I don't speak Farsi, you know? So it's like, mm. I have been here for so many years that I'm not Iranian enough. I'm not American enough, but I can embrace the food. I can recreate the food and I can share and talk and connect through food, which ultimately helps with like my own identity. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. This goes so much deeper there's there's so much depth to what you guys are doing. And I think that that can be the case for anybody. That can be the case for any food blogger, foodie creator who wants to get into podcasting. Mm-hmm. There's not like a metric you can say like, this is going to do this for your business. Sometimes you just have to start and see how it plays out and see the connections that you make and like those deep things that you guys are getting to. Could you ever have predicted that when you first started? 
Probably not. Right. No, you just no. you had to you had to trust the process. You had to get started and just let it evolve. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You guys mentioned connections and how that was a really important piece of this whole thing. Yeah, talk about that because I know that's one of my favorite things about having a podcast is connecting with lovely people like you. And you know, once you connect with someone, that never goes away. I'll have a connection with you guys forever now. And there's yeah. so many, so many other people, and there's so many different ways that you can connect with people. So talk about that, how that's been an important part of your process. Yeah, I can talk about that. And just to preface, when we're talking about like Persian versus Iran is like, we're basically just using the terms interchangeably. So the Iran is the name of the country. Persian is kind of like the general area. And then the language that they speak is Farsi. So if if we're using those terms, that, that that's yeah, what we're perfect. Yep. referring to. Um, but yeah, the definitely like connections. I mean, like a platform like Instagram has enabled us to make so many connections. So first off, like us connecting, Bita and I connecting together. That's Mm -hmm. like obviously a huge one. But also with people in the Persian community and other food and content creators of Persian food, and actually of really like kind of like other foods and things like that, but people who are like like like-minded and being, and we really, I think the, what it really comes down to is just inspiration. Like getting inspiration from other people in the community, us inspiring other people in our community. And, you know, like we'll have conversations with other like food bloggers or other people putting out food content. And it's so great. Like I can like, you know, we've learned, we've had definitely different guests on the show, like who are like specialists in certain regions of like of Iran. And so the the cooking will vary if it's like along the coast versus not, you know, with North and South. So it has lots of different flavors of the different parts of the country. So it's been great to build connections with people who can teach us and come and teach our listeners about these like different foods and like the, the regional specialties And yeah, and I think that like part of the community, our guests, and also going to like other events and things like that and being able to really showcase each other and support each other. Some of the guests that we've had on the show have just been people who like have brands and that we like really support and love their brand. And so we bring them on the show so they can kind of share the share the word. And so I think that like those types of connections are like really key from just being able to like have have the brand, have the blog brand and also the podcast brand as ways that you're kind of sharing content with each other. And they're not measurable. I mean, you can't possibly right. measure that before you get started or even when you're in it, it's it's so immeasurable. Mm-hmm. I love hearing about the connections you guys have made. I have so many questions for you guys. Let's see. I did want to oh, ask God. you, what is your favorite format of podcast? So you mentioned that you did the different formats What's your favorite one to do? Is it interviews? Is it like doing the cultural snippets? And also, what is your audience's favorite? Ooh, such good <laughs> questions. I personally love, if I had to pick the like two, I mean, I, I really do love all of all of it, the breadth of it. But the cultural spotlights are really interesting to me because I feel like I'm, you know, it's stuff that I may not have known previously. So it's just really, really interesting for me to learn a lot of the things that I didn't know. And it's kind of just like really interesting. Some of them are like really ancient traditions and different festivals, uh, like ancient, like historic festivals that people celebrate. So it's, I love the cultural spotlights. I think that those are really fun. The other type of format that I really love is that sometimes we'll just like really focus on one single ingredient And those are kind of like my favorite type of episodes. I would say that's probably my number one is that really just being able to take a simple ingredient. We have like episodes just on like yogurt or, you know, my favorite one is like onion. And so we have like a whole episode just talking about this one ingredient and the different ways and the role that it plays in Persian cooking. So I I think those are my two top formats. Uh, it was just funny because I was actually going to say interviews with guests and it's kind of tagging on, I think about feeling part of the community and how we support each other. And one that comes to mind is that we found out that there was a comedian who had his own TV show on the Food Network. He's the first Iranian-American to host a show. And he was the host of Raid the Fridge. So we were we were watching the show and like cheering him on, you know, and then we had him as a guest. And then <gasps> one of his contestants, wait till you hear this. Oh my God, this is so One funny. of his contestants, wait for it. <laughs> Her name is Chef Bita. 
No <laughs> way, you guys. That is impossible. Yeah. And she lives close to here. So we were cheering her on. She was a contestant on the show. She won. So I full fangirled out and I got to meet her in person here. And she came here and was a guest like sitting next to me. So oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it was like... <laughs> It was an amazing experience. So th- this podcast has had so many examples of that type of experience for me of connecting with real people and I'm just supporting one another in a huge way. And yeah, I love all of it. I really, really love all of it. But I think that the real in-person and having guests and feeling a part of the community is, is my favorite part. I love that you round each other out and that you each have individual favorite parts, which is perfect, right? That's why you do so well together, probably. And then I was going to ask you something else about that. What about your blog content? How much are you individually working on your blogs? And does your podcast content support your blog content or not necessarily? That's a good question. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. I have cut down significantly on working on my blog. I sort of did all the things like I'm big on Pinterest and, you know, I I, I do all of the things, check the box, YouTube channel, SEO cleanup, branding, all of it. But the thing I always lacked was the consistency. So I'm currently still cleaning it up and working on backend SEO stuff. And I'm not putting out quite as much content. I tend to put out new content related to the podcast because the majority of my focus is on the podcast now. And actually it's great because it inspires me to make Mm -hmm. Persian dishes. So that's where I am with the site. It is growing steadily, like slow and steady. And I have a, a pretty decent, I think that probably the biggest upward spike of my site is the newsletter. I have a nice newsletter following, but I can't tell you for sure if it comes. I haven't looked into it closely enough to see if it's coming off the podcast or if it's just from other places that, you know, I've, I have traffic. So how about you, Bita June? Yeah. So my, in all reality, my personal blog has definitely taken like a back burner, the back burner that's not like not really working too well <laughs> type of <laughs> type of but you know I think that's okay because I have the presence and I have like you know my Instagram handle I I we have the separate you know the modern Persian food brand one and I have my personal beats eats one and I think that that's okay because it doesn't mean that just because I'm a food blogger that I can't go into these other areas mm-hmm. and honestly I just felt like the commitment I just didn't think that what my blog serves is a collection of recipes that that I like to share with people. I didn't didn't have the commitment or the backing for my blog for it to really be able to like grow and blossom and be like a resource that is really going to bring so much value mm-hmm. to everyone every time that they go. It's like, okay, I'll have recipes and things like that, but I'm what how I look at it, the blog versus the podcast is I can do more and I can help more people with the podcast than I can with the blog. Mm -hmm. And in terms of growth, what I put into the podcast, I think can take us a lot further than what I put into the blog. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in all reality, I don't think my blog is not going to win any awards, but our podcast, I think is set to, to, you know, we've been nominated for some awards. We're getting these great acclimates from some of the publications and stuff. So we're like on our way. So for me right now, if I have only a certain amount of time, I want to focus it on the podcast and grow that. And I just think it has more momentum than what I would be able to do on the blog. And so the blog now and that kind of like handle essentially will be a little bit more showing what I'm doing, like in how, you know, like what I'm, what excites me and kind of like what I'm doing with my life versus the podcast is kind of like, okay, this is our weekly topic and this is what we're going to do. So, you know, although on the podcast on air, you'll learn way more about me and some of like my personal life and all of those things than you would just by looking at the blog. But I think my resources now are almost entirely focusing on the podcast just because I'm just so excited about it. And and also I don't have a lot of time. So if I have time, I'm going to work on the podcast and I, and I love it. And, you know, we're doing something that we really love doing and we get to spend time together. So over the last handful of years that Bita and I have known each other, we've definitely become good friends and we, you know, talk a lot. 
So it's good. And that's, and that's where I'm focusing my attention these days. And you're adding value to the world. I mean, you are not only are you guys, you know, filling yourselves up, you are also putting value out to your listeners and to your audiences and bringing new people in. Right. So it's a win, win, win all around. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that if we want, one of the other things that we kind of wanted to talk to everyone about was like bringing the value to people in forms of like collaborations with other brands. So we did a program with this other company that they were showcasing, they were like a a food delivery service and they were showcasing Persian food. So Bita was working with them pretty closely and developed like a special menu that that they were showcasing and then their chefs were making and distributing it. And we built like a really cool collaboration with them. And that really brought so much value to the people that were actually ordering that food because one, it was like making them aware of like, what is Persian food and like, what are the tastes? So they're becoming aware and they're, and it was like surrounding Persian new year. So then we, you know, actually made a video with them that like talked about like, what is Persian new year and like gave a little bit of that history. So we tried to provide value like that. And also the, the company itself. So we were providing value and helping their consumers by like, you know, they're getting food delivered and then they're, yeah. they're meeting their need of like having to make dinner or, or whatever the case may be, but being able to kind of bring those things to a, a like broader audience, you know, and being able to kind of bring value and help people help that company and also the community and being a good resource. That is awesome. So I am curious what you guys think about, and either of you can answer this. If somebody is listening and they are either burnt out, like you mentioned earlier. I think, Vita Sue, you mentioned like blogging burnout is real. And so this mm-hmm. is kind of a way to, for you to shift your focus. So whether somebody has that blogging burnout or they just are looking for a new creative outlet or they hear what you're saying and really want to tune into a new audience in a new way through audio, what are your tips for them? Like, How do they figure out what to talk about and any like first steps? I mean, for me, it's been about finding what makes you uniquely you. So niching down. And then from there, I always knew I needed a partner to stay accountable and to really do the work. I tend to do too many things at once and work and, you know, all the things. And so I really, really wanted a partner in it to be able to stay accountable and consistent. And so for me, that was the number one thing and actually had been looking for a partner for years and years. So it didn't pan out or make sense to partner on the blog. I know there's mm-hmm. people that do it that way, but it's just, I think it's really something when you're working with food and photography and recipes and so on that you need to be in the same geographic area. And that was just a little, that proved a little bit too hard for me to find someone, a like-minded person to be able to do that. So what's been so amazing about this is that, you know, Bita and I can be remote and Mm -hmm. during a pandemic and we can do it from our separate locations. And and we are both really, really hard workers and we put in the work, which is Mm -hmm. another amazing thing. It's like, not only do we share the passion, but we both are really hard workers. That's what it was for me is just to to keep trying to find a good partner, which I was blessed and fortunate to have done. Thank you. Yeah. And I think just echoing what you said is like the consistency of, you know, hard work and consistency. You know, we have, we like have an episode every week. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, like on an ongoing basis, but you know, when you have the passion to do it, like you're going to do it. So I think that, yeah, being consistent and hard work is really kind of what got us here. It's so crazy because I've had a handful of interviews today and consistency has been the theme of every single interview. And we've talked about all different topics. So I think that carries through every project, every niche, every job, every passion like you have got, especially in our world where everything is so saturated, right? There's Mm -hmm. so many of us out there, food bloggers, especially. So the consistency piece is huge. So I love that you mentioned that. Any other tips you would give to people like stay away from this, or this is a big lesson we learned, or we learned this the hard way or anything like that. One thing I thought of is that we actually had several months where we were planning, and I don't know if everyone would have this luxury, but we took our time before we launched Mm -hmm. to really try to understand 
the technology of it. And I don't know if that was just our personalities, but I don't know. What would you say we spent about maybe like three months planning? Yeah. So we spent a good amount of time setting everything up. We, we put together like a business plan. We did some insights. We, you know, we were two people. So we came up with like a partnership agreement and we had some of the kind of those logistics that we had to do. And then, you know, just the platform, how we wanted to serve the podcast and kind of, there's a lot of little elements that kind of go into it that we were doing. What we had some advice that we had heard that we did, and I think it was a good thing to to go in with was that we had, we wrote down a bunch of topics. So we had heard that if you have like 20 topics, listed, then, you know, you, that's like a kind of like a good basis of like, okay, you can start a podcast. And so we started writing and we were like, we had a ton of stuff. And I was just like, so excited because I'm, you know, like even the single ingredients, I just felt like our topic list could be endless. So we were confident about that, but we actually recorded five episodes before we actually launched. So at launch, we, we still distributed them with our same weekly cadence, but we had them queued up. And I thought that was really helpful because we kind of like were got into a little bit of a routine with it before we had to really like have that weekly deadline. So I would say if you're interested in starting a podcast, think about the topic and think think about like what your first five episodes would look like. And we actually hired an editor. We have a hired editor that we work with for every episode and he helps pull kind of the extra, some of the parts of the podcast that can kind of be streamlined out. So that's a huge time saver for us because we're not sitting there scrubbing the episode clean. And that was, that was actually a whole learning process too. I thought that is, we love our editor. We use this company and what they did with what we were basically did, we put out like a request for proposal basically. And what we netted out was we had a bunch of really great candidates, but we were able to find a candidate who is into food a lot. He listens to a lot of podcasts and consumes a lot of food podcasts. So it was helpful to have someone who had the ear of our content. You know, it's like if I had like a tech guy editing our food podcast, I don't think that he would have been able to do as well of a job because, because our editor now is able to say, okay, this is interesting or, okay, I understand what you're talking about when it comes to this food. So I thought that that was really helpful. If anyone is looking for, you know, to be in the same genre, at least would be helpful. And that was a process like that. We had to get to that trust point that made me just think of in the initial stages, we used to scrub it ourselves and and write the tick marks and take this yeah. out and make yeah. this part good because we didn't know he could do it. And now he just, we don't even do that at all anymore. He takes it. Yeah. 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 And makes it like a compelling conversation. So, so I think that if, if you have the means to hire an editor, I would say that that would be a really big time saver. That was a huge step for me in my mm-hmm. podcast when and it was very recently. It was kind of ridiculous how long I went on doing it myself. And I published two episodes a week and it it's it was a lot of yes. work. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think there's value in doing it yourself and having like knowing what's involved in the process mm-hmm. so that if you do ever have to do it again, you can easily. But yeah, there came a point where I was like, this needs to get out of my hands and go into another person's hands. So yeah, just because you yeah. only have a certain amount of time. So it's like, yeah. if you're editing the whole time, then it's harder for you to like, you know, outline future episodes or meet guests or, you know, whatever it is, however way you want to grow your business. If you kind of are stuck doing some of the ongoing maintenance of it, it's, it makes yeah. it a little bit harder. I mean, we're in that right now. Like we're like, aside from editing, we're pretty much doing everything else ourselves right now, but it's, we're just trying to figure that out too. And you have yeah. been figuring out like, you know, how we can have people come and bring value to us versus like, if I have to like outline everything to give it to someone else, if it's going to take me as much time to like tell someone else to do right. it versus me doing it myself then. But I think those are all like really great learnings that you get over time and see yeah. how you want to spend your time. Exactly. It's a journey, but it's a really fun journey. I've I mean, there are parts of it I don't love editing. There are parts of it that I don't love. But for the most part, I am like, why didn't I find this sooner? I love, I love the side of my business. It is, it is the best. I just adore it. And I think, I think you're either going to love it or not. So give it a try if you feel like it could round out your business and see 
which camp you fall into. Is there anything we're missing, you guys? I feel like I literally could keep asking questions forever, but I want to respect your day. <laughs> so you. let me know if there's any final little bits that you just absolutely have to throw out to food bloggers listening. Just our quote. We have a quote. Go for it. Yes. All right. Shall I read it? So this is a quote by Rumi, which is a Persian poet and scholar. We thought that it would be fun to bring in a Persian quote. Love it. But he says really outstanding things. So this one that we thought would be relevant is, and that we love, is let yourself be silently drawn by the strange pull of what you really love. It will not lead you astray. Mm. So just go for it. Just believe and go and you'll learn. You'll learn throughout the journey. And, and, you know, in, in hindsight, you can see how those dots were connected, but really just try and just let yourself go and experience and do what you love to do. Amazing too. That is so amazing. Okay. Is there any way we can support you? And then also kind of a secondary question. Are you looking for foodie guests? Is there, I mean, do you have like an application where people could apply to be on your show? Yeah. I say, I think that what people can do in the meantime, if you want, is just go ahead and listen to an episode. So we're on all the podcasts apps and you just have to search modern Persian food and just give it a listen and see if you like it. And if you like it, if you want to subscribe, that's awesome. So that you can listen on your own time or share it with a friend. We're just trying to just spread the word and, you know, have that connection with people. So definitely check us out and join us on our hundredth episode. Listen to our hundredth. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you guys do anything special for your hundredth? Was it just kind of a regular episode or did you, okay. Are you going to share or do we have to listen? Yeah. To out? We did our top 10 most memorable moments. Yeah. That was a countdown. Also, yeah. A countdown. And then also some cool things that we're looking forward to. And in terms of like future guests, yeah, we're, we're always looking to meet new people and to have conversations with them. So if someone's interested or wants to contribute anything, definitely get in contact with us. Our Instagram page is Modern Persian Food and our website is modernpersianfood.com. So just reach out to us and we'd love to hear. And if you have any ideas, we love that too. So I guess just come connect with us. Yes, everybody go listen and subscribe if you feel compelled. And it was just such a pleasure to connect with you two today. Thank you, Bita and Bita. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much, Megan. This was a lot of fun and your podcast is super valuable to us. So thank you for putting out all your episodes as well. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much for yes. having us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.